in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment of the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. France plays Argentina on Sunday in the World Cup Final. I will be out at Parkway Tavern in the district, thanks to Finley Toyota, coming out and watch France and Argentina with me on Sunday morning. Hey, by the way, all the times you've gone out there, have you seen Pizza Guy again? No, I have not seen the guy who is eating a pizza at, at 7 a. in the morning yeah, with for the breakfast. Yeah. Have not seen that. I don't think I've seen um, anybody else order a pizza. And I've been there at like 11. Like we've done a lot of 11 o'clock ones, and I don't remember anybody ordering a pizza even at 11. So many things that I love about Las Vegas. Like I, I genuinely love this town more than than I can even put into words. But one of the things that will always make me smile is the guy at 6 a.m. at the bar who is not, he's he's ordering like mashed potatoes or like he's ordering like, he's like, one, I just got off work. It's a great city. <laughs> Why wouldn't you get mashed potatoes at seven in the morning? I have not seen our pizza friend. Okay. Uh, right. But you can come out. I mean, I'll, the, the game's at seven, so you can come out and order pizza for breakfast at Parkway Tavern if you want to. I don't know oh, if that's I a, need. Okay, now I need you to be. Order a pizza at 7 a.m.? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm ordering a pizza at 7 a.m. I do like pizza, though. It's not the it's not the worst it's not the worst like lunch or dinner food to randomly eat for breakfast, right? No. Like I'd rather have pizza than a burger. For breakfast? Yeah. Oh, you'd want to have pizza for breakfast. Yeah. Like if I'm trying to think yeah, of you like can have pizza I mean, bread, anytime. cheese, right. a little bit of vegetables if you count a <laughs> tomato as vegetable, even though it's a fruit. <laughs> I think it's not that crazy, but a whole but this one dude whole pizza it was is a great sight. Oh yeah, it was great. Daddy had a breakaway. The Dodgers signed Noah Syndergaard. Yay! Going his, back to the his, World Series. His arm's not dead. I was going to say, is this the guy of six years ago? All right. This is just... What's uh, the rotation? Kershaw, Urias. Gonsolin. Gonsolin. Syndergaard. And Thor. And, and May. If you go five. Okay. Is Dustin May still alive? Yes, he's still okay. alive. All right. That's not bad. You need, some, you need some more depth there because <laughs> guys are going to get hurt. But that's not bad. Well, as uh, Paul Gutierrez, uh, another Dodger fan we're going to have at 830, told me yesterday, if you have half of great Kershaw, half of great Syndergaard, put them together <laughs> because they're both going to get hurt, you'll have a pretty good duo there. you have a pretty good season from the so they combined. they should be the combined Yes, they could be the starter. combined, exactly. Yeah. All right, as long as they don't get hurt at the same time. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need one in the first half, one in the second half. So, yeah, look at you. Dodgers are going to be just fine. Right there with the Mets this offseason. Yes, yes. I, uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry, I just don't. <laughs> the Yankees signed Carlos Rodon to a six-year deal worth $162 million. Uh, he had a 2.88 ERA last year for the Giants. Rodon, by the way, he's the guy who was, uh, like a bad pitcher for the White Sox for a long time. And then his last year in Chicago, turned it around, had a great season, signed with the one-year deal in San Francisco, one great season, and now he's getting six years and $162 million to pitch for the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, so good for Carlos Rodon in terms of turning his career around. But the Yankees spend more money. Still not the Mets, though. Everybody's still looking up at the Mets saying, what the hell's going on around here? It says between Rodon and Aaron Judge, the Yankees have guaranteed $522 million. That's not that much. Not for them. Yeah, come on. Spend some more money. It's not enough. You think Carlos Rodon's going to be the reason you win the American League this year? Probably not. Okay. Silence. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
Lamar Jackson is out this week. Ravens are playing the Browns. Tyler Huntley is back from injury, so it should be Tyler Huntley, a quarterback, not Anthony Brown. Still don't know who that is. Um, Ravens no. still winning this game? No. No? No. Have you seen Deshaun Watson? I have yeah, seen Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. I, have to seen, I have seen Deshaun Watson. No. I'm going with the Browns. I'm going with our uh, famous picker there at 745. All right. You got Steven's pick with you. Steven's pick with me. All right. Uh, this would be, it'd be an interesting loss given the division scenario and the fact that the Bengals have been excellent the last six, yes. seven weeks of the season, uh, maybe even longer than that, honestly. It'd be an interesting loss because of what it could do in that division. Because right now, they're tied at nine and four, but the, the difference is going to be the winner of that division is likely going to get the three seed. Mm. Maybe higher if Kansas City or Buffalo falls, but you're probably going to get the three seed. The loser's going to get the six, or excuse me, the five seed and go on the road as a wild card team. So a massive difference between what? winning that division and finishing second in that division. Yeah. Your path to the playoffs becomes much, much harder if you lose and go and become the wild card team. Uh, which, granted, you can still win from that path. We've seen it before. Cincinnati won two road games last year to get to the Super Bowl. But uh, Lamar Jackson's injury, poor timing for the Ravens for the second straight year. I don't know how many men are out there now that have had a massage that perhaps occasionally there was a happy ending. All right? Maybe there's nobody in your listening audience that that ever happened to. I do want to point out, if it has happened, it's not a crime. 100% sure it is. Steph Curry will miss a few weeks. He injured his shoulder on Wednesday. And here's the interesting part for me. Golden State's already 14 and 15. Uh, they're the opposite of the Golden Knights. They are awesome at home, but cannot. I think it's 2 and 13 now. Cannot win two on the road. 2 and 13 on the road. So they haven't gotten off to a good start. Curry's now going to miss maybe a month or something like that. Are we about to see the Golden State Warriors as like a five seed? A six I don't know. Seed? They'd be the 10th right now if it right. ended. So maybe lower than that. That's... Although I'm not. Look, I say that and Sacramento's the sixth and Utah's the seventh. Right. Like there's going to so... be a lot of movement, but it, just, right. it, it feels like the Curry injury and the slow start, it feels like they're not going to get to the one or the two seed. Oh, no. And maybe they can get to like the three or the four by the end of the year. But I just feel like we're going to have, like, we're going to get to the postseason and we might have a legitimate title contender that's like the sixth seed in the West. And I don't know, that'll be interesting to me if we do get that because generally speaking, the NBA is the most uh, predictable in terms of the best team wins and usually the best teams have the better seeds. But we might see a Warriors team because of injuries and a slow start. Well, if they're all healthy, how dangerous would a sixth seed be of them? Yeah. They're, they going, they're going to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, they could win it. I mean, but again, the path would be if you're the sixth seed, you got to beat the three seed in the first round, the two seed in the second round, and the one seed in the Western right. Conference Finals. That's as hard as it gets, right? If you're the one seed, you get the eight, the four, and then the two. And then the two. So it's, I'm curious if that really screws up what your seeding is like in the Western Conference playoffs. And on the flip side of that, we get into the last couple weeks of the season and the Warriors are looking like the sixth seed. If you're the three seed, are you trying to lose your way into the four seed so you avoid right. the Warriors? I, I'm, I'm curious to see what the seedings are and how people try to manipulate, manipulate the standings exactly. depending on what their matchups could be.
those, those are great. That's that's another great question. The first bowl games are today. The Bahamas Bowl kicks off Ooh. in 22 minutes. Oh, are you serious? What Eight yard time? Uh, I don't know the answer to that, Jared. We'll look that up in the break and put it on a TV in here. Uh, it's Miami of Ohio against Jesus. UAB in the Bahamas Bowl. Also at noon today, we get UTSA and Troy right. in the Cure Bowl. Bowl games are here. I filled out my bowl bracket last night. Oh, yeah. You going to win some money? No, I never win. Ah, I give bad. money. You give money. I give it's money away every Charitable year. donation? Yes, charitable donation to guys I'm, who put in four entries. You know what my least favorite conversation is? Maybe in all of sports. No, not all of sports. But one of my least favorite conversations, people who complain about bowl games, A, just complaining because there's too many of them, but now we're getting sort of a second tier of that, of people saying... I don't need to watch bowl games. All these kids are sitting out because they're going to the NFL right. draft or the transfer portal. There was a whole story about is the transfer portal going to ruin the bowl season. I don't care who the hell's on the field for UTSA today. I'm going to watch it. Just right. put 11 guys out there, and I'm in for the cure bowl. Yeah, they can go both ways. Right. <laughs> I don't know who. I couldn't name a single player. You wouldn't even. If somebody's transferring in the transfer portal. I wouldn't know unless you told Hell, me. I'll tell you what, I picked Troy, and I wouldn't be able to name one player on the entire team, and I picked him to win the game. The bowl season is not about me knowing who Troy's best player is. It's not about me knowing that UAB's running back is their best running back ever. I'm just sitting down to watch football at yeah. 8.30 on a Friday. Yeah. Like, that's what this is about. And every once in a while, you discover someone, and you go, whoa, who's that guy? <laughs> I hope my team drafts him. And then you're like... Oh, they did in the seventh round. Oh, he must be bad. The Mike Mayock School of Drafting, brought to you by Jared Justice. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty detailed question. Uh... All right, so Purdue's, uh, we got some head coaching changes. And according to Ross Dellinger, Drew Brees was hired to be an interim assistant for Purdue during the bowl season. He apparent Brees apparently wanted to help out during the coaching change. But this was the interesting detail. Drew Brees is allowed to recruit. Is Drew Brees recruiting? Like, is he going to kids' houses? Well, if he's recruiting, is he going to stay on after being just for the bowl game? What is he doing? I mean, hey, I'll be there all four years. Actually, I'm going to be here 40 minutes. I don't know. What's he he saying to kids and their families? I mean, you're just like, hey, I'm Drew Brees. I played at Purdue. You can be the next Drew Brees. I don't know. I I very much want to see because it's Purdue. I very much want to see Drew Brees going into random kids' houses in <laughs> Iowa and Illinois, just having to drive to these small towns and yeah. be like, hey, the Boilermakers would love to have you. <laughs> be great. I mean, considering Drew Brees has already worked with uh, such wonderful companies at, as AdvoCare and other MLMs, he's already good at recruiting. I don't know what AdvoCare is other than they sponsored a bowl game. It's Sounds a, like foo-foo. It's a... It's a it's a pyramid scheme. What do they do? Well, no, they they sell health products. Health products. But okay. The the way to actually make money is you recruit yes, other yes, people. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Do they still sponsor a bowl? I, I don't know. Okay. I can Google that. But I just think it's funny that hey, we got the guy recruiting who works for a thing that the whole point is. <laughs> so he's good at it. Okay. Yeah, he yeah. better be ready to go. These poor kids are going to be like, what did I buy? Health insurance. <laughs> I, I, I may not go to Purdue, but I, I, I'm i getting some compression sleeves in the mail. All right. Coming up next, we'll jump into some UNLV football because Bobby Petrino is coming to Vegas. 
I can't say that I'm not going to ride a motorcycle again because I, I, I might do that. The ironic thing is, is they're sitting there in the kitchen, um, Becky and I, and I had two helmets out. And I said, this one's going to be really heavy and hot. And then this one makes me look like a conehead. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Settled before they learn the truth about the motorcycle accident. UNLV football hired Bobby Petrino. Uh, so Adam and I talked about this yesterday. Ed, you were not here. But I am curious. What are your thoughts on UNLV taking a chance hiring somebody with the baggage that Bobby Petrino has? I mean, I certainly think it means Barry Odom's going for it uh, and that he's all in. Uh, you know, I mean, I Bobby Petrino... I, I know we're going to get around to the motorcycle incident and what you guys think about the baggage you're talking about, but just on the football acumen, he's a great offensive coach. Um, he can come in, run the offense. Barry Odom will run the defense. And I think that's what Barry Odom was thinking about. He needed someone to run the offense, and Bobby Petrino has proven to be terrific at that. But let me, I want to ask you this. I want to throw this back to you because I, I, I've been struggling, not struggling with this, but thinking about this all night in terms of what uh, I have to write and both of you. Do the motorcycle accident, the affair, the lying to everybody about it? Um, I'm going to put aside the whole he jumps jobs every you know every ten months because guys that do could that. be also that could be good for you and yeah, I mean, you know I, I, does that play into your mind at all when they hire him here? It happened I, in 2012. I care more about the job jumping than I do the motorcycle yeah, accident. I, I don't. I the morality police yesterday, as we've seen on Twitter, is rampant with going after him because of that. And I personally, that has nothing to do with me. I, know, I, yeah. I don't know him as much as I do the wall that just fell down in the studio. <laughs> and by the way, we're not lying about there. There's a wall that a, fell down in the studio. A panel of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree with you. I, I think it's more like, is you, are you sticking around? Yes. You've, you've shown, I totally agree with you. You've shown an ability to just jump jobs. Are you going to be here for the long haul? That's far more important to me than what happened in 2012 with his personal life. For UNLV football, there is not much of a downside to hiring somebody with baggage. Now, I, I should put a caveat on that. There's different types of baggage, right? If somebody's exactly. just like a bad dude and like he's going to be bad for the student athletes and bad for the community, that's or maybe he's just been caught in violations left and right. Right. But the if the baggage is simply... Uh, over a decade ago, he had an affair and lied about it, and it got exposed in the most hilarious way possible. Like that to me, if I'm UNLV, I don't care. About I don't that. either. I, I don't think he's cheap. I don't like. <laughs> that's all I'm thinking is that means he comes with a discounted price tag. I don't like UNLV doesn't have anything to really lose from that no. standpoint, right? No. If if Bobby Petrino doesn't work. What does UNLV lose? Yeah. Not not much. I guess Bobby Petrino could do something embarrassing, but what it, it's it's UNLV football. Well, like it's again, you don't have a whole lot to lose if you know football. So I've got no problem totally, with that whatsoever. Totally on the same page with you. My too. in all honesty, I think the biggest concern with the Petrino hiring is you basically get TJ Otzelberger, where next season he's the offensive yes. coordinator. And then he's gone. And because... then this time, because they said he's been talking to Texas A&M, this time an SEC school comes. Right. And he's like, okay, well, bigger job, more money, I'm going to jump to that. that that's more pressing yeah. matter. Now, if listen, if 
he's here for like three years and the offense is great for three years and they go to a bowl game. And that's then, another thing. Right. That, that's another, totally other thing. If you get Otzelbergered where you don't really accomplish anything and he still, and jumps. he still leaves, that to me is the bigger concern. Right. And he is shown like he left Western Kentucky yeah. after one season. He left yeah. the Atlanta Falcons after 13, 13 games, games. mid season. He, he left Louisville uh, yeah. for the Falcons uh, right after he signed a 10 year contract. And like, there's, a lot of evidence that he is going to leave the second he gets a better job right. offer or even a similar job offer, honestly. And that to me is the bigger concern totally that you agree. might not get the success and still lose the guy. And the main point I made yesterday, this is the most important hire Barry Odom's going to make for sure, because he's the defensive guy. He needs and somebody he, to run the offense. Someone to run the offense. And if you lose Petrino after one year, you're now making the most important hire you have to make a second time yes. in 13 months yeah. or whatever that timeline would be yeah. ESPN had a story on this. And I, I found this to be fascinating. They had in their story because as okay, first off, he was the head coach at an FCS school before that's yeah. what he did this last yeah. three years. There had been reports about him talking uh, to Jimbo Fisher about the Texas A&M, A&M offensive, offensive coordinator, coordinator job. job. Don't know if he was actually offered. Don't have any idea what that scenario was, but apparently it was a conversation there, but this is what I thought was fascinating from the ESPN story. One of the things that appealed to Petrino about the UNLV job was the challenge of helping Odom rebuild the program. Why on earth would Bobby Petrino care about rebuilding UNLV? I mean, is he close enough to Odom that he's doing him a favor to pick them over Texas A and M? I don't. I don't know. They're they've got to be close. Obviously, they're both in the SEC at different times, both at Arkansas. To me, this 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 smells of a redemption arc. Where where, but with the caveat of it's the Mountain West. It's the Mountain West. It's not Texas A and M. It's literally like the people of Texas A and M are going to have expectations. If you make UNLV good, you've literally just rehabbed. You didn't do it at Missouri State in Springfield, Missouri. You did it. You did it at UNLV, and you. But will they get credit for it? If their offense is what top. 75 would that not be i i don't know <laughs> the what bar is so low that you're right top 75 would be good would that and it's also it's at the it's mountain west like I, to me that's like well bobby petrino came in and and he he took over a program and turned him around maybe it's time to re-examine him as a head coach where if he does it if he's at texas a&m he might get fired if it's... they have a bad season well, Jimbo Fisher's there for a while, so yeah, he's got like a twenty-year contract. Yeah, they, yeah, they have to pay him. What is it, ninety-five? I think it might have gone down because the season's over, but it was like ninety-four, five million yeah. is his buyout right now. Yeah, I'm sure they can't find that in Texas. Here was the other interesting part from that ESPN story: Las Vegas is also a short plane flight from where Petrino's mother lives in Montana. This and no is, tornadoes. I listen. I know I have not lived here as long as either of you two or as long as most of our listeners, but this is the first time I've ever heard somebody say, well, I want to live in Las Vegas because it's close to Montana. This reminds me, and you'll have a good time with this story, that when San Diego State was looking for a basketball coach and I was the beat writer, and Rick Majerus took the job, he accepted the job, and uh, I got told that by a source, so we're ready, we've got this whole story ready to go. And the AD said, just let's, you know, he's a little quirky, so let's hold on. But what he's doing is he's flying back to Utah tonight to tell his team that he has accepted the San Diego State job. This is like at 6 o'clock. 
at like eight o'clock, the AD calls us. It's over. He's not coming. I said, wait a minute. We've got this ready to go. I said, why? He said, well, are you sitting down? <laughs> he said, because he said throughout the whole process, he didn't mention anything about his mom, but he called to say, I can't take the job. I won't be close enough to his mom. And the AD said, I didn't even know he had a mom. <laughs> How do you Where not? Where his mom live? <laughs> yeah. How do you? Well, that, that was the weird part. She lived in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not just ask a booster, hey, do you have a spare house? I need to move an yeah, old exactly. woman into it. Was it. Like, uh, Utah but, and Wisconsin famously share yeah, a border. Exactly. Exactly. She was in Milwaukee. <laughs> I, this was, I agree with you. And I read the ESPN story as well. One of the more quirky aspects that he's close to Montana now, and that's where his mom, which is great. He wants to be next to his mom. Great. That's fine. But we're not close to Montana. No, that's that's the point. I mean, (laughs) who flies? I I haven't haven't flown there recently. Like, listen, he, I've got to imagine if Barry Odom didn't know this, he needs to know this. Bill Foley should have been on the phone. Oh. Yeah, we know you love Bozeman, yes. Montana. I don't know where Bobby Petrino's mother lives in Montana, but Bill, we know we know all about Bozeman, Montana. Can we get Bobby on some of those chartered flights you take up there when you you know make the players yeah. go up there for four days during training camp? Can we get Bobby Petrino on a flight up there so we can go see his mom? So see his mom. That's a great point. Then then I then I might understand Petrino saying, "Well, I got a rich guy who's got a plane, and I can just take it whenever yeah. I want to go to Montana. <laughs> this is close, as opposed to." I gotta fly southwest. I gotta, fly, and yeah, gotta hope to get the A group. Yeah, is it weird that I'm like identifying with both the with both Coach Odom and Bobby Petrino in the sense of God? I wanted to get out of Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> like I, I would have taken any like had had you offered me a part time job at the Gap, I would have been like, is it? N- it's not in Springfield, Missouri. You know Springfield, Missouri. Yes. And I worked at that university back when it was Southwest Missouri State, and that is a terrible school. I, I, I you, which school is this? Missouri State. Missouri this, State. This isn't where Marvin is. No, he's at uh, UMKC. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All which right. I also I have a degree in sociology from <laughs> UMKC. <laughs> My uh, cousin ran track at Southwest Missouri State. The guy who lives in the uh, different cousin the, no. in the snow. <laughs> the no. only uh, the only redeeming factor of go of, of living in Springfield, Missouri, is that I can confidently say I've met Ryan Howard, Brad Ziegler, and Jason Hart that random year <laughs> that Southwest Missouri State was good in the College World Series. <laughs> Coming up next, Paul Gutierrez joins the show. I wouldn't be here or, or even in the National Football League if it wasn't for Bill. You know, Robert, Jonathan gave me a great opportunity a long time ago. He's been invaluable to me in a lot of ways, um, you know, hard to measure. Uh, all of them. I got to see firsthand how how to try to do it the right way. You know his philosophy on you know everything off season, training camp, uh, in season, um, post season, evaluations, draft, free agency. He, he gave a lot of his time to me, and uh, I was able to uh, hopefully pick up as much as I could. He was a great mentor for me, uh, not only in football but also just in in terms of you know when I got there, I was 23, 24 years old, so basically grew up there. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bishop. Joining us now, covers the Raiders for ESPN, Paul Gutierrez. Good morning, Paul. Hey, Paul. Um, you are our uh, UNLV fan that we join or that we have joined the show right now. Are you excited or nervous about Bobby Petrino as the offensive coordinator at UNLV? 
There's way too many bad jokes to have there, gentlemen. So I'll just uh, I'll say, hey, interesting hire. <laughs> too many jokes. Okay, all right. How about this? Uh, what about the ten and zero basketball team? You actually are you on board? Are you fully in belief mode that they're going back to the NCAA tournament for the first time in eight years? Well, they're on they're on their way. I mean, ten and zero for the first time since 1990. I mean that that's that's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, you can't really kill the schedule. The schedule you play who's in front of you, right? So you just go that way. I do love the way they play defense. I mean, defense is, is really kind of what gets them going. And and if they can find that one shooter, they can just, you know, be that threat when other teams want to zone them up, then they're going to be dangerous. But they also have a lot of tests in front of them, too. Uh, USF's going to be a pretty big test this coming weekend. And they can't look too far ahead to San Diego State. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm in. I'm in. I like what I see, especially because they're doing it with defense. All right, so in on basketball to be determined on football. Uh, we asked this question earlier in the show. What are the Raiders still playing for? Are you buying into this idea that like there's a four-game audition for Derek Carr and some other players on the offense? Guys, I've covered this team since 2005. I've seen a lot of weird things. Um, I don't think I've seen anything weirder than their losses. <laughs> Just Each loss gets weirder and weirder. But a four-game winning streak would not shock me either to end this thing because I'm also of the mind that, that it's not so much an audition so much as just seeing what they have at their disposal. I mean, if they lose to the Patriots and get blown out, it's a legitimate question then to ask, hey, is it time to just see what Jared Stidham has? Not, not to see if he's the, the, the heir apparent, but just to see what you have because now you're really looking forward to next year. And you don't want to, and this is the thing nobody will ever say, but it's the elephant in the room, you don't want to miss up, mess up your draft pick for next year either if you are choosing to move on from Derek. Because, you know, if all these things line up and you do choose to move on from Derek and you go out there and you get somebody that, that uh, McDaniels has a relationship with and his name rhymes with uh, Bomb Trady, um, you know, and then you get a top-five pick and you draft one of those three quarterbacks that are out there, okay, now you've got a blueprint and you want to move on. What messes that up is winning a few games here down the stretch. Now all of a sudden you're picking in the 17-18 and you're in the same position you were for the past eight years anyway. So it's uh, it's real tricky. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But um, like I wrote and I've said at the time since, I mean, that, that locker room in, at SoFi, that was something that I hadn't felt all year either. Even with the weird loss to Arizona, the weird loss to the Colts, uh, Jacksonville, um, everything else that's happened this year, there was a sense of finality in that locker room. Uh, last Thursday night that I did not feel any time else. So, so we'll see how it plays out. What percentage, I mean, they've had him for this year. They know him as long as they have in terms of this season. Maybe they knew, look back to it as eight and a half years. What percentage in your mind have they already made up a decision on him? I mean, have they already said, you know what, we kind of know what we have here? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Mark Davis here and uh, paraphrase him because it's, it's totally out of context. But I'm going to say, 51-49. When he told me last year that John Gruden had a 51% decision-making and, and Mayock was 49, I'm going to say 51% they've made their mind up. And that flips day-to-day, week-to-week, game-to-game, half-to-half. It really does flip half-to-half given the way this team plays. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It, it really is strange. And, and um, I don't think I, covering this team for as long as I have, I don't think I'd, I'd want it any other way because you just – you know, it's it's the consistent inconsistency that just kind of gets you. And, you know, I mean, again, looking under the hood a little bit, maybe fans, listeners don't want to hear it, but maybe it's intriguing to them. I'm, I'm down on the field. I'm in the tunnel watching the Rams drive toward me. And I've got a camera crew with me, a producer, an audio person, a cameraman. 
and, and we're waiting for the game to end because I'm supposed to interview Josh Jacobs on the field, live to tape, going straight <laughs> to Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter. Well, as soon as Baker hits that touchdown right in my face, uh, I turn around to look at my crew. They're running. They are running to the other end zone to find our Rams reporter because, nope, they got to get a Rams interview on the field right after. So I'm like, well, my, my nice ending early TV-wise, but anything that I had filed for writing-wise didn't matter because the game had changed that quickly. I went down to the field with seven minutes to go, and the, the Raiders led by 10. Didn't matter. So, all right. <laughs> it's a great team. Um, what are the chances you think, and we'll see how many wins they get to end the season. Let's just say they finish at like 7 and 10. They go 500 to finish the year here. What are the chances that they look at their roster and say, we had a few injuries on offense. We lost a bunch of one-score games. We're really close to a 10-win team. Let's just run this back and see if we can get into the playoffs that way. Groundhog Day? Is that what you're talking about? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what, yeah. I mean, that's, and that's where a lot of fans are just like, you know what? Don't blow it up, but just what's been the one constant here? And I'm not throwing shade at Derek Carr. I'm not saying maybe, maybe it's best for all parties involved to just get a fresh start, even for him, even though he has said, and he's on record as saying that he'd rather retire than play for another team than the Raiders. Um, you know, maybe it is best for all involved if you just get a fresh start. Because there's no doubt there is talent. But as I said all off season and wrote all off season, this was going to be uh, there's going to be a massive learning curve here because it's not like Josh McDaniels' offense is easy to learn or mat, let alone master. And we all knew that, that Derek Carr's uh, QB rating always took a traditional dip in his first year under a new play caller. So that that's what they're going to have to decide. Do you want to run it back? And then, you know, you look at the contract, and they've got three days after the Super Bowl to figure out if they want to, to, to you know, guarantee that money and go forward with him. Or you get your own player in there, again, somebody that, that knows the system, whether it's Garoppolo, whether it's Brady, somebody like that, and you draft the quarterback of the future. So they, they've got a lot of decisions to make. And, and really, guys, I do believe that these last four games, it's all going to kind of boil itself down if it hasn't already been decided by that 51-49 uh, margin. Well, I don't know if it's fifty-one forty-nine, but one guy we haven't talked about, we talked about earlier in the show, is Darren Waller. Um, yeah. Is he another guy? More so, maybe more so, more maybe even than Carr, that they take a really strong look at these last four these last four weeks, and a guy who's had injury problems, but a guy when he's right is one of the top three or four tight ends in in, in the league. That's gonna be interesting too to see. I mean, he's been practicing all week. I talked to him on Wednesday, and and uh, you know, his main focus was just stacking one practice upon another upon another to see how he, his body responds so that he can play. Because he doesn't want to go out there, and as he told me, he doesn't want to go out there and hurt himself and just be done for the year. And I'm kind of like, well, the year is kind of done already. What, what are you kind of waiting for? But these guys know their bodies more than anything anybody else. So, um, yeah, he's another one that you got to look at and say, he should be thriving in this offense. Who, who, what, what player in the Patriots offense with McDaniels running it, uh, you know, Kind of shown more, shown out more than than the tight end in Gronkowski. Oh yeah, the slot receivers. Uh, well, then that's Hunter Renfro too. So again, you get those guys back, that talent level back, and you see who who can get them the ball and and, and see if it, it all meshes. Finally, again, it goes back to what I was saying about this weird kind of learning curve and, and the the bumps along the way and everything. Those two guys, I'm not going to say they're auditioning as well, but they're going to show exactly what this offense could potentially look like going forward, no matter who's pulling the trigger, so to speak, at quarterback. Uh, give me a prediction here. How many sacks does Chandler Jones get in the last four games? <laughs> oh, man. So he's at, what, one and a half, two and a half right now? 
and they come in bunches. I'm, I'm going to say he's still going to get another three down the last down the last four games. Oh, good finish yeah. for Chandler Jones. Look at that. Chandler Jones will be back if he gets three sacks in the year. <laughs> they'll be excited about well, him going get, next year. Whether he's back or not, he's going to get paid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we talk a lot about the offense and Derek Carr and all that. How many coaches are going to be here until the Raiders have an actual good defense? Oh, boy. Yeah, you know, and, and the fact that Patrick Graham hasn't uh, spoken to the media since before the Rams game, um, but he talks today. So, you know, there's a lot of questions about that last drive as well, what happened there. And, and yet, I, I, you know, yeah, they did give up a 98-yard drive to Baker Mayfield, who uh, just got off the bus literally um, at SoFi. But the offense didn't help them out either. You know, they were shut out in the second half. Derek Carr, 0.0, pass rating in the second half. But, again, you look at the defense, and there are pieces. You know, Chandler Jones can show up, but, he, you know, rarely did this year. Max Crosby is just relentless. Uh, Denzel Perriman's a Pro Bowl player. Nate Hobbs is, is, is solid, if not a, a, a really good piece of that defense. And yet, there's just something missing. So when you're looking at the coaching staff, you're looking at different things there, you just have to wonder, is it is it just part of the DNA? Because this goes back, guys, to the Super Bowl year in 2002 where the defense just has not quite clicked all the way. So, you know, I, I don't know if I have an answer for your question other than there are pieces <laughs> there. It's just a matter of putting them in, in the right places because the defense looked good against the Chargers for the, for the most part, um, and, and a lot of it is coverage helping out the pass rush, pass rush helping out the coverage, um, you know. The secondary, they need to look at that a lot in the draft as well. Well, he is Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He's got uh, UNLV basketball starting the season 30-0. and 0. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, we Paul. appreciate it. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Paul Gutierrez uh, on the Raiders and a little bit of UNLV. Yeah. They can go 30-0. and 0. No problem, what right? Was the Paul, what was the uh, Bobby Trino? Too many jokes. Too many jokes were, were there for the taking <laughs> that he didn't want to didn't want to embark on any of those uh, journeys that it might uh, lead to. But 30-0, and 0, UNLV basketball. Why not? Haven't lost yet. None of these teams are actually any good. That's not real. All right, we've got tickets to give away to go to the Las Vegas Bowl tomorrow. The SRS distribution Las Vegas Bowl between Florida and Oregon State. And we've got a four-pack of tickets for you. 702-364-1100. That's the phone number if you want to head out to the Las Vegas Bowl tomorrow. 702 702- 364-1100. You'll win a four-pack of tickets. We'll take caller number eight. What in your evaluation was the reason for the loss? For the... I'll, I'll leave that alone. Are you happy with the effort tonight? Yes. You're asking me dumb questions, guys. Really dumb questions. Jesus. Played our ass off. We done? Thank you. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Congratulations to Zach. He won Las Vegas Bowl tickets. Coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, we are going to have tickets to go see Five Finger Death Punch and more Las Vegas Bowl tickets. So stay tuned. Uh, Still got a lot of stuff to give away. And now... We unfortunately turned the show over to Jared to ask us dumb questions. All right. So this one's probably just the easiest. Is there any play? Like, is there any word that is better? What's happening here? (laughs) 
I'm trying to figure out how I phrase this question. All right, basically what I'm saying is when football players say football, is there any, like, you don't get that in other sports. You don't get, like, Andre Agassi saying, tennis. Like, is there any other example that we have of someone saying the sport they play, but saying it in, it's it's got its own, like, weird inflection of, we're here to play football. Well, there's one word from Jerry Jones, shower. I, well, I think that, about, I think I that, might, about it. that might just be I was Jerry thinking Jones. about it in the shower. I was I, thinking about this the other day where it's like, it just seems weird that like every other sport is just like, yeah, you know, we got to go, we got to get out there. We got to play hard. And football is the only one that's like, no, we got to go out there and play football. How many people say that? That's just a weird coach thing. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Derek Carr who said it that way and made me start wondering, would, would a professional soccer player be like, got to get out there and play some football? Yeah, they might sound like that because it's a different language. Is there any like that's it? Derek's got that. Derek's got that accent. Does he? That don't Bakersfield. That Bakersfield accent. Don't get Jared started that on California Derek accent. accent. That California Bakersfield accent. <laughs> Jared's number one complaint. Well, number one complaint is the hand size. Number two complaint on Derek Carr is he's not sure what accent Derek Carr right. has. It's, it's very to. confusing. Jared believes there is a randomly Texas accent built into being from California. Exactly. That's. I mean, he spent some time in Texas. David Carr was the Houston Texans quarterback. I got Picks it. But, up. I mean, I grew up in Tennessee and Missouri, and I'm pretty sure the only accent I have is that I can't say the word tin correctly. Some people don't get an accent. I lived from first grade till I graduated college in Mississippi. I didn't get the accent. Meanwhile, my two sisters did. I never lived in Ireland, but oh, I've got Jesus. one. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, Wait, fine. why can't you say 10 properly? The <laughs> I, number 10? Whenever I try to say the number 10, I say 10 like it's the metal. I mean, they're pronounced the same. Come on. They're they're not. They are, though. One's 10. No, they're, and the they're other pronounced one's 10. the same. No, no, no. They're pronounced the same. That's well, a, unless you're a linguist or something, they're pronounced the same. It has been pointed out to me that I, I don't enunciate my E's properly. All right, fine. Next dumb question. And I may have... What... What media member looks most like a Pokemon? Looks most like a Pokemon. Let's see what a Pokemon looks like. <laughs> they look like all sorts of things, Ed. I'm fascinated to see what Ed's Googling. Okay, what there. media member lo- looks most like an anime <laughs> character? Uh, I gotta Google anime characters. <laughs> uh, make sure safe search is on. <laughs> Ed's computer's going to get shut down because we're on the company Wi-Fi. <laughs> What are you Googling over there, Ed? Uh, Pokemon. Media member that looks like... Well, there seems to be a lot of them. Yes. Yes, there's like 900. Oh, that'd be hard. I don't think Jared's asking a specific Pokemon that one looks like, just which one would be in a Pokemon show. Can't come up with a good answer for you. I've got it down to Milzy or Adam Hill. What would Darren Millard be? See, to me, he looks like the old, like nope. an old trainer. Nobody has the hair for anime. Well, that's, I mean, obviously, like there's not the Tyler, ancient aliens. Little Ash Ketchum. Yes. All is right. It, so is Tyler is the, the answer, answer me? Tyler? Isn't it? What, what, do, little, what, do you, what do you mean? You're asking me if I'm related to him? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's showing He's got you the baseball a picture cap of a car. He's got the dark hair. 
Yes. Send guy Ash Ketchum. Yeah, there you go. There's the answer. Ash Ketchum. Tyler, you look like a 14-year-old boy <laughs> who's voiced by a woman. I think I think Gramala looks more like Ash Ketchum. Yes, that's a good that's Ooh, a good that, that's a good that's comp. A good that's a good call. That's a really good comp. I uh, for some reason that's Adam Hale call. reminds me of just like a random trainer that would like give you the exclamation point and have nothing but like gravelers. Uh there's like three people who get this reference. Lindsay Brown <laughs> looks like one of the uh, Pokemon characters. I think her name is May. May. Oh, yes. Okay. I see it. That's not bad. That's not a bad one. All right. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> he's like, he's just a slight, he's a smidge behind. That's pretty good, actually. Good for you. <laughs> I couldn't tell you any of these people. <laughs> You're, I'm like, you're with movies, I'm with this stuff. I have no clue what any of this stuff means. All right, we got like 30 seconds left. My final dumb question. Um, Dwight Howard, like a month ago, went ballistic in the, like, Taiwanese league. Should we force older, like, NFL players to go play in foreign leagues so that we, they just run up the score? They don't get paid enough, right? Well, I mean... Like, the football leagues across the world are not... Like, the basketball leagues across the world actually pay money. Like, real money. So... What, what are we, subsidizing their trips to the Philippines Football League? I don't even know who plays American football. It would be great, and we just get random highlights of uh, Ezekiel Elliott in six years runs for 364 yards in this random game. I'm on board. They just don't get paid enough to do it.